Welcome to Teaching Comes Alive Outside Podcasts. My name is Elizabeth Rail, and I'm going to be bringing you practical talk about how to bring nature into your classroom and your classroom into nature with outdoor learning. I'm a busy wife, mom of three, and an early childhood teacher. And I'm going to be bringing you my tips, tricks, and practical ways that I've learned to bring joy and calm back to teaching. Hey friend, welcome to the podcast. So today we are going to get raw and real and talk about my plan for creating my COVID classroom. And I want to talk about this because this has been a struggle and I don't know if we are hearing from enough teachers about what we have to do and how we're actually navigating it. And so I'm just going to give you my take and it could be wrong and I just wanted to be real. But before we start, I wanted to let you know about our free Facebook group. I'd love for you to, to head over there and connect with me and the other teachers and parents because it, having a place where we can learn together and support each other is going to be more important now than ever. So I'm going to be showing my pictures of what's happening and posting my ideas and asking questions for you. So if you want to connect, head on over there after the show. So I have to warn you, I'm going to let it out and be kind of raw. And I promise that I will get to the work and the give you the practical tips that I've come up with, but it's been a process. So I'm a mom, I'm a teacher, and we that's what we do. We can do hard things and we eventually we get it done because that's just what we're used to being, we're used to doing. We're used to going through the emotions and then getting to work. And so I want to start by just acknowledging that this is a really hard topic. This is a difficult time for everyone. There's not one person that is not struggling with something right now. So my heart goes out to parents, to teachers, to the administration, to our cleaning crews, to our maintenance people, to our nurses, kids, grandparents, single people living in isolation, like literally someone is going through something. So I just want to acknowledge that this is a really hard time and there isn't a person in this pandemic that is not being affected. And in general, back to school is very stressful. It's kind of, I always say teaching kindergarten and starting off the year is kind of like having a baby. You forget that it's very painful and very hard and you forget just in time for the next year to happen. Just like I forgot about pregnancy until it was until I did it again and then so I kind of say it's the same thing so back to school is stressful it's really exciting it's exhausting it's exhilarating at times and that's on a normal year so this year it feels really heavy it feels really heavy with all the unknowns I'm struggling with the constant changes and not knowing what's going to be happening next and then I'm really struggling with people, and tell me if I'm alone here, I'm really struggling with people who have never stepped foot in a classroom, making decisions for our families, for the teachers. They're passing down rules and mandates without asking our ideas, because I firmly believe if you want to get something accomplished, some big accomplishments, you need to ask a teacher, because we can navigate lots of things, we can move lots of people, and all of this kind of makes me want to just crawl in my bed, under my covers, and just binge some Netflix. I am sure that I am not alone in this. And so it's a hard time for us. And as a parent, it's heartbreaking because there's no right or wrong way to navigate this school thing. To be honest, it all really feels wrong. And I'd be lying if I haven't agonized myself. I've agonized. I've talked till I'm blue in the face. 
And should I keep my kids home for a year? Should I send them? Like, what will it look like? And just yesterday, um, there was a mask mandate for our third graders and above that came out from the governor. And I cried. I cried thinking that my little Maddie was going to be sitting at a desk, facing one direction, wearing a mask all day and having to limit her hands-on learning options because of contact tracing. So I cried and then I got mad and then I slammed some cabinet doors, I think like an hour later. So obviously I have some coping skills and that's a shout out to my mom, Mimi. She taught me that. <laughs> I should probably cut that out, huh? Um, so it, I went through some feelings and then I had to work on changing my mindset. And so this goes out to the parents, whether you opt for virtual, you're opting to homeschool, unschool, wild school, or choose face-to-face, you're you're making the right choice as long as you think about what's going to be best for your family because no family is the same. So there's no perfect choice. But as I was talking this through with my husband, uh, kids are resilient and they can do hard things and we've taught them to do this. And so whichever you choose we're going to be okay this year. And after my adult temper tantrum and a pint of Halo mocha ice cream, it's so good, by the way, I decided it was time to get to work planning on how I was going to create a safe, happy, calm classroom for my students. And I call them my kids because once you are in my class, you're going to always be one of my kids. And this is by no means perfect or polished. And I'm just going to kind of chat with you and get my ideas out of my head and we're going to see what happens. So I started the way I tackle any problem. I don't know if you're like me, but I scroll Pinterest for a little bit. I get sidetracked on all the boards I started that I have not finished. I've been home since March and my my once my boards are not done for what I wanted. Um, I've got done a small rabbit hole with painting my fireplace, my curly girl tips and tricks, and how to turn tires into those adorable perfect seats. So I went through all those things. And then if you know me, I'm more of a Pinterest fail kind of girl than the Pinterest perfect girl. But uh, I always have big ideas. I always, you know, I always want the extra. But they always err towards more of the practical and easy ways, just like my cooking. Like I will, if I'm looking for a recipe, what's the easiest way to make French toast or, you know, the tried and true simple ways, simple, easy are my mottos. If you're here for perfection and the Instagram filter worthy, I thank you for listening this far, but I'm probably not your girl. So I'm going to give you the practical tips and they're not always the cutest, but I'm going to, I'm going to do my best. So my main points that I was going to try to problem solve first were social distancing, contact tracing, mask wearing, hand washing, because these are what the government, the administration, everyone is is telling us that we need to do. So before I dig in, I want to preference today's episode is not going to be how I'm going to start school and it's not going to cover the most important things and the most important work that we're going to be doing as teachers and as parents, that most important work is making our kids feel safe. It's going to be addressing their emotional and social needs after being quarantined since March. So there's lots of big work down the pipe that we're going to be doing, and I'm not going to tackle that in this episode. This is more of just my raw practical tips that I'm doing as I am staring at a room full of furniture, a room full of 16 years of collecting manipulatives and learning materials that 
I've cherished and handpicked for my students and how I'm having to limit that and change everything that we've that we know as educators. So that's what I'm tackling first. All right. So social distancing, contact tracing, mask wearing, hand washing. After I heard all of these requirements, I immediately said, how can we get the entire school to learn outside? Not even our entire school. How do we get our entire community outside to learn? Now, a little backstory. If you're a new listener, I teach in a public school in Indiana, and we are a STEM-focused school. And within our school, we have an outdoor learning program. It starts in pre-K, and parents can opt into it. They have to sign up and go through some things to get into it. And so we have pre-K, and then it is extended almost every year since, and now it goes to second grade. So my first thought was, how can we get the entire school outside? But before I can tackle that, I had to tackle the idea of how are we going to keep everybody safe, and how am I going to follow these guidelines that are given to me by the experts to keep my 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 students safe, right? So I have to put the safety mask or the oxygen mask on myself before I can help other people. So I'm in kind of the survival mode. And I'm going to break down to you three ways that I'm going to limit contact tracing. Because when I talked to my administrator, I think I heard the term contact tracing, limit contact tracing, probably 25 times in our 20-minute conversation. And I didn't really understand what it was. And then I really had to sit and think about, okay, it's not impossible. Nothing is impossible. And I had to start getting, figuring out how to solve this problem. So here's what I'm going to do. These are the three ways that I'm going to limit contact tracing in my kindergarten classroom. Number one, I'm going to make individual centers or stations, whatever you call them, for my students. Now, I don't want you to get bogged down or overwhelmed with this, I'm not going to be doing all the work on my own, okay? So I'm going to be showing you how I'm going to have help in creating these things. Hopefully, it'll be practical and easy for you. Number two, I am going to get rid of my tables. I actually already pulled them to the hallway with my chairs to be stored, and I had to talk my administration into letting me do that. So you can ask permission or you can ask for forgiveness, However you go, I usually go for the forgiveness part, but getting rid of tables and I'm creating something called campsites. And when I get this up on the blog, I will show you pictures. It's not done yet, so I can't show you it, but these are just my ideas. And I'll tell you about I'll tell you about the campsites in a minute. And then my third strategy to limit contact tracing is to get the heck outside with your students. Right? So let's break it down. So making individual centers or stations. So here's my plan. I'm just giving you practical tips. If you're not a teacher, this might not serve you. If you're a parent, this could work on limiting the amount of items and things all around your house, either your homeschool, their home for the summer, or their virtual learning. These will be some tips to help you control the things, all the things. You know how kids and learning takes a lot of manipulatives. How are we going to keep everybody safe with all of these learning tools? We do not want to get rid of these learning tools because these kids need them. They've been through a lot. We want to give them some consistency. We want to give them what they need to learn. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a zipper pencil bag. You know, the ones that have the three holes, they go into your binders. If you are an 80s child like me, think about Trapper Keepers. Don't you love the Velcro 
I'm going to age myself here, but when you'd hear the Velcro open and close on that beautiful new Trapper Keeper when you went school shopping. So think that. Think zipper bag where you put all of the pens. Now, these days, think about all the, all of your flare pens. So I'm going to get a zipper. I'm going to ask parents for zipper pencil bags, and I'm asking them for three. So one of them is going to be housing. It's going to have their, their ABC or their word work tools. Okay, so that's going to be like their works, their ABC workstation in a bag. And I'll add to this as I go throughout the year. So you don't have to start with everything in this bag. All right, so start with just the basics. But it will eventually have, these are things that I plan for it to have. It's going to have a can of Play-Doh. It's going to have a gel bag. It's going to have colored pencils. And I will think of some more things as they go. But I'll kind of tell you what I'm going to do with that. So Play-Doh is great for fine motor, but it's also going to be great for making letters, eventually making sight words, and we're going to use that as our word work. Another thing we're going to add is gel bag. If you don't know what a gel bag is, it's just a sturdy Ziploc bag. I like to use the freezer bags, and it has hair gel in it, and I like to add a little glitter. And this could be one of your back-to-school activities. Kids could make their own gel bag. Reinforce the top with packing tape, but then when they put it on a white surface like a whiteboard, they can be making letters and making numbers and making pictures, anything you want. It's going to control the mess. And then if they all have their individual gel bags, it's going to limit the contact tracing. So Play-Doh, gel bag. And then the next thing that we'll add is colored pencils. And they don't have to have all of the colored pencils if you have limited, but I will do this because we will start the three activities for making words eventually will be making it with Play-Doh, make, writing it in your gel bag, and then colored pencils will be I'll teach them how to make rainbow words. All right, so I'm keeping it very simple, and I might just start with one and then every week add another item. I haven't decided yet, but eventually those three things will be a staple in my workstation, ABC workstation bag. So like I said, these are going to be tools to create letters and words, and hopefully then they can do it in their in their spot so they're not moving everywhere. The next, then I'm going to have a bag for math manipulatives and everything that they're going to need for math. And it will eventually have, I'm not going to start with everything in there, but it will eventually have counters, dice, dry erase marker, eraser, and then we have something called a, a Rankin Rack. Rankin Rack? <laughs> I'm sure I'm not saying it right. But it has the white and the red beads and it helps them counting and seeing seeing numbers of 10. So I made one of those out of skewers and beads and things, and I'll put that on the blog as well. But I'm going to keep all of the, we'll eventually be adding it as our math lessons grow. We'll be adding our manipulatives in their individual bag. And then the next zipper pouch is going to be their writing tools. So I'm going to have four sharpened pencils, a set of their crayons, scissors, and a glue stick. And now with kindergarten, I might not start with scissors. I have my, I had my pre-Kers last year, so they know how to use things correctly. But if they don't, you don't always have to start having, ha- start putting scissors in there. These are all the things that will eventually be in the bag. But as you know, with kindergarten, you have to stop and teach every procedure for every tool. So you might want to not be as, not work as fast and, and start the year with that. It's going to be kind of up to you. And if you're not teaching kindergarten, this is going to be great for all of those ages. So you know what you need to teach before you introduce it. So you can decide what you put in your bags. Now, I'm choosing these tools to be in a mobile container. So it limits passing things out. And then we can take them outside. So my goal is to do as much learning outside as possible. And 
I can say, hey, grab your mouth bag, put it in your backpack, and then get ready. Then we'll do our procedure for going outside. Or if we're going to do our writing, like whatever we have, we'll teach them. And they can take it inside, they can take it outside, but it's going to be their items. So we are limiting the contact tracing. All right, next one. So those were my individual centers that I'm going to start with. My individual toolkits. I'm not sure what I'm going to call them. But next one, number two. So I'm getting rid of my tables and I'm creating campsites. And I'm an outdoor teacher, so I'm kind of put, doing a pun on words and using kind of the outdoor theme item. But so after measuring my room and my tables and mathing it, it was clear to me that I did not have the room or the ability to spread kids out if I kept my tables. There's just no mathematical way it would happen in the size of my room with my 19 kids and with, I had kind of like round tables. There's no way that I can limit their social distancing. There's no way I can limit their contact tracing. So I brainstorm using crate seats. And you've probably seen these on Pinterest. My mother-in-law, she's amazing. She introduced these seats to me, I think like probably 10 years ago. She used to be a kindergarten teacher and my father-in-law is very handy And they made a few of these when I lived in Florida and I loved them and I, but I kind of got away from using them. And so I kind of got a flashback to how I could fit all these kids in my room with good, good spacing. So I'm clearing out my room and I'm creating 19 spots and they're spaced out around the center of my room. And these crates are going to be their seats. They're going to be their tables. They're going to be their storage. They're going to store their tools and that those bags I just talked about, they're going to store their binders and their folders or they're going to be inside the crate. I have to give a shout out to my father-in-law, Abe. We actually named our AB after him. We, we named him after my father-in-law and my dad, so Abraham Gregory. So he's very special to us and he's very handy and he's very generous. So he's making these amazing wooden seats. And Or they're just going to be like wooden seats that go on the crate. They're going to fit right on the top. And then I found these cushions on sale, and I'm going to put them on top of the crate so the kids can sit on the crate. They can sit next to the crate, but they're going to be in their three-feet space so that we can limit their contact tracing. And these students, they can sit on the crate or they can use it as the hard surface. They can put the cushion on the floor. When the, If they want to read, they can lay on the cushion and put their feet up. Like they're going to have a space that's going to be theirs. And I don't know about you, but all kids like to kind of sit in a different way. Some kids like to lay on their tummy to write, which is actually really good for them and for their muscles. Some kids like to sit crisscross applesauce. Some do not. Some like to sit on a seat. So we're going to give them a space where they can kind of use flexible seating the way that they want to sit, but without moving around. And then all their tools are going to be right there. So that's why we call it our campsite. They're going to head to their campsite once they get there and then... That's where their things are going to be housed. Then they can move. We can move around. We can do our movement. And I wanted it to be in a circle or a rectangle. I don't think it's going to be able to fit that way with the spacing. But they can face different ways depending on what they're doing. We can do our morning meeting spread out, but in a nice boundary. So I found that if kids have boundaries, they do much better, and it cuts down on the chaos. So that is going to be our COVID classroom campsites. And they all start with a C and I think it's kind of clever. And I'm excited about it once I wrap my head around it. So I suggest 
thinking, looking at your room, thinking about it, how can you get the kids facing their same way? How can you limit the amount of time they're moving around their classroom? But how can you make it fun and not scary and be efficient? So think simple, think efficient, and I can't wait to hear about what you guys create. So if you have any ideas, please head over to the Facebook group and share it with us because I have not put this into effect yet. I've only have it halfway done. So I would love feedback and I would love ideas. So head over there and we can learn together. All right. My third idea for limiting all those things is to get the heck outside. In our normal school day, we would spend the entire afternoon outside in kindergarten. When we were in pre-K, we spend the entire morning outside because we had nap time and that kind of thing. But with the new guidelines, I'm going to be spending even more time outside. With that, it poses kind of a logistic problem with the other classes that are in our outdoor space. So we are not going to be able to be in our outdoor space as much. And this is the space that houses all of our supplies. It has our shelter and it has the things that are really make it easy. And so I want to be able to go out as much as possible. So then I'm asking the parents to bring in an extra backpack. And so what it means to be able to go outside even more is that they, the kids are going to be carrying their supplies with them. And I'm going to kind of tell you how it's going to look for my room because literally anybody can do this. You guys cannot have a huge outdoor space, but you can create a backpack for the kids to take outside or we can figure out another solution. So this is what it's going to have. I'm asking parents to bring an extra backpack that can go outside with us. And so we can add our box of supplies or our bag of supplies that are going to go along with the lesson that I'm teaching outside. We could throw a clipboard in there. And then I'm going to make sure, especially now that they have a water bottle that that goes outside with them and anything else that you would need for that section of learning, right? So either it could be your math lesson's going to be outside or your writing lesson's going to be outside. If that's the case, grab your math notebook, grab your math tools and your writing things, like whatever it is, kind of streamline it so the kids are not carrying everything because they will complain about that. So you have to have a little forethought of where, where you're going to learn and what you need with you so they have it with them. Now, this is where your outdoor cart comes in handy, and I mentioned this in episode three. It was five ways to create an outdoor space. It's super simple. It can change with the seasons, but if you don't want to mess with the kids carrying separate backpacks, then you could totally put all of your items on an outdoor cart. I'm going to be going through every month what I have on my cart and what my supplies are, so you can, it can grow along with the season and what you're learning. Now, I recommend a lightweight, so with backpacks, if you can, or if you're going to do a donor's choice for different supplies, I recommend a lightweight, water-resistant backpack, because when we go outside, we could get wet, we could get muddy, like you never know what's going to happen. So I like having the water-resistant one. It's very easy to wipe, and then it keeps the inside things dry, and we want that, especially if we have our binders with all of our content stuff in it. I put the one that I prefer in the favorite gear guide that you can get now. So head over to elizabethrail.com if you want to see my favorite things for going outside. All right, so let's recap. It's important for you as teachers and parents to honor your feelings and to kind of go through the stages of mourning. It's okay to cry. It's okay to scream. Try to do it maybe when the kids aren't there. Slam the doors. If that's how you cope, eat ice cream. Bend your favorite Netflix show. But then get to work, get on your plan, figure out what is manageable that you can live with. And my three things that I'm starting with are making individual centers, getting rid of my tables. So think outside the box. What can you use? 
that's in your price range, and that is simple. And then how are you the heck are you going to get outside? In the next episode, I'm going to be sharing how I'm going to balance virtual learning, outdoor learning, and being a mom during this epidemic and getting back to school. So don't forget, head over to our free Facebook community, check out the show notes for the link, and then we'll continue the discussion over there. Stay well and go get outside.